zero to hero. <sighs> for fuck's sake, you guys. Oh, thank God for tunnels. <laughs> that my friends don't matter. All these faceless people in the world. That's what matters to me. I remember his voice very well from the last quote. Stop touching my knee. Hello and welcome to the Emotive Pixels Podcast. This is our episode for Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. As a warning, all of our podcasts are very spoiler heavy, so if you would like to not have anything ruined, please stop listening now, play the game, and then come back and listen to this when you're done. My name is Alberto. Our question for today is, what is our favorite sequel? For me, and I know I might get some stank on this, but it's from since I was a kid, still. Yes, I watched this movie far too early when I should have. Aliens. That's a solid choice. Yeah, okay. I was tempted to pick Alien. I'm actually a little upset because I was going to say Alien Three. I mean, that's okay. No, what? it's it's too similar. Uh, Alien Three was pretty good. I like Alien Three a lot. Nate only likes it when people don't agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> Nate only likes was it when Nate's the only one. That was the Fetch. prison one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it it's actually pretty. It's not really a horror anymore. It's more of a suspense. Who are you? Well, the second one wasn't really a horror anyways. Yeah, the second one's an action film. My yeah, name... It's a war. My name is Nate Stevens, and I think my favorite sequel is SimCity 4, because it took all the things that were really cool about 3000 and then made them more And because it actually sweet. was playable. Pew, pew, yeah, it wasn't really that playable, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, unless you had a beast of a machine. To my left is... My name is Brian Pachuki, and let's see. Favorite sequel? I'm going to say with The Empire Strikes Back. I'm going the easy route. It was far and away the best sign. Of those? Can you? But I go with the close second. Give us a reason? Just, like, did it... Because was it a lot better ass. than the first one? Or it did. you just liked it in general? Okay. It did kick ass. That's my reason. Okay. I am Will Atkinson. I think my favorite sequel is Mass Effect 2. Oh, damn it. And coming to us from Colorado is... Hey, this is Craig Schumann, and my favorite sequel is Uncharted 2. But, <laughs> to be fair, I will throw another one in, and that'd be Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. God damn it, that is Advanced terrible. Warfare? Call of Duty. Nope, nope, I totally fucked <laughs> that up. What the fuck? Definitely meant Modern <laughs> Warfare 4. <laughs> So, I was like, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> just yeah, didn't get uh, enough. I was also going to say that's not a sequel. <laughs> Needed more House of Cards. <laughs> and jetpacks. So bad. So embarrassing. All right, so Call of Duty 4, colon, Modern Warfare. What about Black Ops 2? No I don't love for the any, Black Ops? I don't remember any colons. Uh, no, Modern Warfare is where... That was the first one that really introduced the progression, the leveling system in a multiplayer, and then also had the single-player campaign to back up some of what they were doing. And there's still the moment when the nuke goes off. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Man. When I was working at Nintendo, I actually remember that one of our main questions was about Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, and people would refer to it as Modern Warfare 3 or something like that. Or the thing was, that's not a game. It's Call of Duty 3 Modern Warfare. <laughs> or whatever it was. Call of Duty I've... 4 Modern Warfare. God damn it, Alberto. <laughs> Jesus, Alberto. Are you no better than the people you supported? I didn't know. I didn't play that game. <laughs> How did... Uh, it's a seminal shooter from the last generation. You disappoint. I was busy with Final Fantasy X. That is 
Actually, from the generation that kind of checks out. That. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's a little bit behind. <laughs> Don't worry. Ten years from now, he's going to be like, "Hey guys, have you played Modern Warfare 2? That's awesome. <laughs> you wouldn't believe this cool game from a game. decade ago. <laughs> guys, 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 the cake is alive. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. I thought it was just I was just going to a bakery. I didn't know about. Anywho, Nate is going to be gracing us with our plot for this game. Yes. Yes, I am. So, in Uncharted 2, you're following the adventures of Marco Polo, who was a famous person from history, and not no, a lot else about Nate, not Marco Polo. Polo. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Marco Polo was adventure? a famous person from history? No, yeah. sure. Really? Well, yeah, but I was about to say that that's <laughs> Damn, the only I didn't realize thing that. <laughs> that is really kind of grounded in historical accuracy about this plot. The game opens up, and you are dangling off the edge of a cliff on a train. You climb up to the top, and you get a dagger. And then the scene fades out, and from there it's a giant flashback where you are working with a guy named Flynn to steal an oil lamp from a museum in, what, the Middle East or something? Borneo. Borneo. No. Yep. Oh. It's like Greece. Yeah, oh, it was Turkey. It, it's somewhere Turkey. in that Turkey. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's and somewhere in that, that region. And Which that takes you to Borneo. That, right. Yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. And in that lamp is this mysterious oil. And when that oil burns over a map, you discover that Marco Polo had indeed gone on an adventure and was ambushed somehow in Borneo. And the, that kind of trail ends there. So you travel to Borneo. And in search of what had been happening, what he was searching for, what he was carrying, what cargo he had. So when you get to Borneo, you find a evil, former Soviet, also evil, guy named Lazarevich, who has a camp set up, and he is basically hunting for the same thing you're hunting for. Do we know how he gets there? Who? Do we know how he, Lazarevich, found uh, trains? He was the one that hired Yeah, he Flynn. follows all your shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Flynn is evil, which isn't really surprising, considering uh. he has a British voice. He's kind of just a pawn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, and so Lazarevich uses Flynn, who you, of course, stole the lamp with, and gets the information out of him, kind of beats you there. I already got a camp set up with a bunch of mercenaries, and I believe it's there that you run into Elena, yeah. who's working with the camera guy from the first game to kind of do an expose on what's going on there. Wait, 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 wait. The camera guy was from the first game? No. Wasn't he? Yeah, no, no. I don't think no, so. No, There's no. no camera guy in the first one. No. Okay. She had the camera herself. She had the camcorder. It was one of those, the things that I thought was funny is that she had a mobile camcorder in the first game, and the second game, the camcorder got bigger, which is totally... Never mind. It's higher quality. Yeah. It's a real thing. She's but got a dude to carry it. Also, if, if like I remember, he was carrying one of those big old VHS ones that I had <laughs> back in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a four K VHS. It's pretty legit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it was supposed to be like the first one. She was doing it more as like because she knew it was action, and this one was more. She was just reporting from the rebel fight, so yeah. it, they could have a bigger, more high quality camera because they weren't expecting to be running around. She and got she the big story to kill. Out of the first one. Now she got that big budget. She's rolling in Hollywood style. Yeah, absolutely. Making it rain. So while you're there, you stumble into an old tomb, I guess is what you would say. It's a tomb. And in that tomb, you find the dagger that you would later pick up. And that dagger is the key to an Indiana Jones style giant puzzle that reveals a location in the Himalayas. You go to that temple in the Himalayas, and there you find the entrance to the famed Shambhala, Shangri-La. Once you get there, you find that it's the gateway to Shambhala, as kind of was foretold. You find the entryway. So you find that the oil lamp you had at the or that you had stolen with Flynn at the beginning of the game had a bit of resin, and that resin was present throughout the entrance to Shambhala and required to get into Shambhala. And once you did get in, you find these sort of like mutated guards, 
and it's kind of a little bit crazy and then elena gets shot and the basic end battle is lazarevich ingests some of the amber from the tree of life which is standing at the center of shambhala and he becomes mutated and invincible which explains how kind of the guardians got to be as mutated as they are and you end up shooting the resin until it explodes damaging him until he dies and you kind of leave as everything's blowing up and you get the hell out of there and there's a cute little there's a little motif with you and elena Yeah. yeah and chloe's like do you really love her and you're like fate black and then the game ends it's more like you don't really answer the question. No, it, it's more like she no, like yeah, she she basically says like, like I've seen how you look at her. It's okay. Leaves she leaves on her own. Yeah, because he's and like, then he he's walks like, up to Elena. She's like, oh no, I see how you. And they have the whole thing. When I was gonna die, how would you? How scared were you on a scale of one to ten? Oh, I was about a four. He's like, those a four? Guardians? Only a four? Well, he's like, yeah, those guardians were. The guy like was like set. an eight. And what's a ten? Clowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clowns. <laughs> that last scene is Clowns cute. over my death. Hey, clowns are scary. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I guess to start out with, going from back to the beginning of the game, the opening quote that it started out with was, quote from Marco Polo, I did not tell half of what I saw, for I knew I would not be believed, told on his deathbed in 1324. I like that all these games start with quotes, and it kind of gives a little bit of a historical grounding for what you're doing although my one yeah i didn't like this quote (laughs) no first quote was good like from drake from the first game but this one was it just seemed like uh do you know what the quote from the first game was i don't remember it offhand but i remember liking it (laughs) (laughs) i don't (laughs) no i I, fair (laughs) no seriously like like i remember being like okay that was not like like i'm like oh my god it was the best quote ever but i just remember being more integral with the how the game played out like this one was just kind of like oh half of what i didn't i saw you wouldn't believe so it's just like some ambiguous quote they picked that just means they could do whatever the fuck they want and you know i don't know i mean i like the i think the quotes so in the first uh uncharted drake's fortune it's told by sir francis drake and he says there must be a beginning of any great matter but the continuing unto the end until it be thoroughly finished yields the true glory yeah see there you go the one in this game is a way better quote ah fuck this one I was going to say, I actually like the Marco Polo quote, but I like that they use it as kind of a way not only to set up the kind of adventure that you're about to mm-hmm. unfold onto, but also to give a little bit of backstory to the adventurer that is setting up the story that you're about to go into. Yeah. So the first one, Sir Francis Drake, this one, Marco Polo, kind of helps just to, to give you a grounded sense of where it came from and where you're going. Also, I feel like this one definitely opens up the idea for a mystic thing that you're gonna find i mean which is essentially what we end up finding and it's really it's just a very natural way to be yeah. like okay what you think that this game is gonna be about oh no surprise right were you really surprised now that, that uh, this ended up i was surprised to see that the first of like before the guardians like you see them without the little animal face or whatever but you knew that that was gonna come right no not at first i didn't know after playing guardians. the first game you knew that they were gonna have some okay kind of, like, i know i've said this before in the past movie. when i play games and watch movies and so forth i never try to guess what's gonna happen i just yeah, like, i didn't either i play it I and then like as things happen yes but it was just it just seemed to me like obvious like first you're fighting humans and then you knew that they were gonna have they need to have some kind of stronger enemy at the end and you just knew it was gonna be some kind of mystical in the first one it was those kind of zombies spanish nope. zombies and this one it was I, I, a mutant if you can uh, imagine it i turn off my brain even more than normal when i play games so by the end i was like wow that's cool shocking mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I mean, I, it, speaking very specifically on the kind of supernatural aspect, in the first game you had the, you know, the zombies or whatnot, but in this one, it came fairly late in the game, oh, yeah. even later than it did in the first one, where oh, you yeah. had kind of Definitely. that supernatural element when you actually finally made it into Shambhala, and mm -hmm. at that point it was like, alright, now this is established, this will be part of the series moving forward. Right? Mm -hmm. This is how the roadmap for these games is going to continue yeah. to play. Yeah. That's what I, I always... That's kind yeah. of where I came to it, but I didn't come into it with that expectation. Oh, yeah. it just seemed the roadmap to me. Like, okay, this is kind of how this, this series goes, where, you know, you have the beginning, it's you're fighting humans, and they... they By the then third the one, I thought that. They came out of this... After the third one had already come out, so yeah, so yes, I had I playing the third one. I felt that way. I didn't play any of, but yeah, I, I started playing the first one after the long after the third one had come out. Even the first time that you see them, when it looks like that goat creature, whatever it was, <laughs> in that cave, like you kill oh, it, yeah. but you still don't like you still it's don't not know a goat. It's an abominable snowman, right? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it was. I can't remember. It was blue. I don't, that's all I remember. But like you still don't know that it's that they're humans or that they're quote unquote human guardians that powered by that resin. So, anywho. On that note then, I guess good segue. The Guardians versus the Zombies, or whatever you want to call them, from one. Do we like them better? I thought they're more interesting, but maybe that's just because I feel like zombies are kind of trite. They're kind of similar. I mean, they both were a group of indigenous... Well, I guess the Spanish were indigenous, but I mean, they were a group of people that ended up being in this area and through contact with the artifact or special... Central plot object, yeah. yeah. The game, or both games ended up having... You know, there's always... People, a lot, of, a lot of movies and games have the thing where it's like, okay, you can have the super power, the super wealth, but it comes with a price, and that's, mm -hmm. that's the price. And it was the same thing in both games. Okay, they had the super power in the second one, it was the longevity, and the first one it was... It was money? Yeah, something like that. I yeah, guess. Yeah, the money, yeah. The, the treasure, yeah. But it came with the price that you became, in the first one, kind of like a, yeah, I guess a mutated zombie, and the second one it was like a mutated thing. I don't know what the hell they were called. Hulk? Like, invulnerable, yeah, Hulk-like monster type thing. Yeah. yeah. That was also a spider, because they could climb, like, the sides of the walls and stuff, <laughs> and swing. Like, and, also grenade launchers. Yeah. That they used crossbows. Oh, crossbows, yes. Yes, yeah. yes, you're right. Sorry. Oh, they did have a... What did you call the thing <clears throat> from uh, Never Alone? Oh, oh. It's Ebola. Thank you. Yeah, Ebola. Yeah. What did you think, Will, between the two? They did come late enough that... That's interesting. Though. Did, kind of... did, did it come... Yes. Was it just that it really was later, or was it that the second game was longer, so it seemed later, but the actual time they were on screen was maybe about the same? No. I don't know. I mean, well, there was also the incident where... Uh, when you're with Tenzin, like going through the the caves, that, yeah, that's one thing. Something in there, but yes. there, you, I don't think it's ever revealed to you what's actually kind of chasing you. No, like yeah. you, you, well, I mean, like you, you see that it's like a creature, but you don't know that's the guardians. Can we right. correct? And then right. by the time you get to Shambhala, I mean you're really in the last. I don't know, probably 15% of the game, where I would say there's probably 30% left if I were going to guess on Uncharted. Yeah. One Drake's work. So you yeah. you really don't fight very many of them and even when you do fight them, a lot They're of them you don't them. fight them to the death. And it's not till the very end when they start giving you the big old chain gun and stuff that you actually I kind of like that. Fighting. I like that as well. Yeah. It, I like, made, it made them more. It made them stronger in, in a I died not so easy many way. Like sometimes games yeah, just too. make remember like, crushing progressions of enemies. Just okay, you fight the guy and he's equivalent of a level one. Then he's now he's a level two. Now he's a level three. And just but these guys were. It was like okay, the humans were level one. And these guys were like level over nine thousand. Ten. Yeah. Like clearly way stronger, but. 
it wasn't like, okay, now we're just going to make you suffer through half or more than half the game fighting these guys and just end up throwing your controller across the screen because they kill you a million times. <laughs> but it was, it was it only was. a small portion Tell that you had to deal really with. Tell us how you really feel. No, right. I like that, that they only made you go through it a small right. portion. The, so The narrative and the way the game was structured did reinforce the fact that these guys are strong, and it never really sacrificed that point. Yeah. Even down to the end, yeah. where you didn't kill Lazarevich, you there was like, foreshadowing tricked him into dying. You critically injured him, didn't you? Oh, yeah. 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 And you didn't do it by shooting him, you do it by, did it by blowing up. Blowing <laughs> up? <laughs> blowing up? <laughs> I was thinking of the blue resin. You did it by actually blowing up the stuff that made him strong in the well, first place, which of. is a cool little symbology. Aside to mention that Tenzin as a name of your sidekick is indeed the name of the first Sherpa that guided the first climbers to the summit of Everest. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so he's a very, very famous mountaineer from Nepal, I think. But Sounds is that, hilarious. But is that a... Uh, Why does it sound hilarious? Is Tenzin like, like a unique name or is that like, you know... That's, is that like the John Smith of yeah. Nepal? That's a great question. Uh, so it's like, okay, it's Tenzin, but know everybody, you, know, like, you know, half the population is named Tenzin. I'll ask uh, all the Nepalese people I know. When the very first climber got there, the Sherpa at the top was like, hey guys, thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, someone finally made it. Make sure you stop by the gift shop on, the, on your way back down. <laughs> I got some weed up here. Anyway, it's Denver. Terrible. I really like the way that or they. Seattle. Yeah, we got we weed up here in Seattle too, man. <laughs> hey! Rep the proud spots. Yeah, we started that same time as you guys, so. I really like the way that they foreshadowed the coming of the Guardians the whole time. There were a lot of really good shots where you're like climbing up a wall and then the shadow of the guy comes in front of you and is like looking at you. That whole scene in the cave with the Sherpa that cave is really awesome. yeah, creepy. Yeah, that was good. I, I liked it. It was kind of because the first two games are very action-y, very movie-like, cinematic. I like that they added a little bit of suspense, not almost horror in a yeah, way, but not quite horror. I mean, I don't. It's not like an original Resident Evil style, but I did like. Yeah, they kind of had that. You'd see them creeping on you, and you were like, "Okay, here's the point where they're gonna jump out of you," and nothing happens. You're like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" And you keep going on, and then you, then you see them again, and yeah, I just like to keep messing with you until finally you did meet them. Yeah. Did you guys remember? There is a part where you're climbing through the snow in that cave, and you come upon this little stream, and the water looks white as it's flowing down yes. and it's all the ice around that. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes in this game that are very iconic to me that will always stick with me in gaming just for their their design. Even when I was playing Far Cry 4, I kept flashing back to Uncharted 2. So it's like, I liked it in Uncharted a little more. But like, you what know, the scene things? where you're like shooting the snipers out of the towers and the towers are like fucking collapsing yeah. as you blow people out the windows you shoot the one rocket guy and he awesome scene falls back and shoots down his tower yeah, yeah. <laughs> that scene I always remember as just an awesome set piece the cave the whole cave scene with all the ice and the the, the weird snowman dude or goat yeah, the or when the doors open to Shangri-La yes and when you get to Shangri-La oh my god God, that was fucking beautiful. Yeah, that that's beautiful. Oh. There's a lot of really gorgeous environment design that's just instantly iconic. Yeah. I would love to see this in high def, wouldn't you, Brian? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for your... <laughs> predictions. Or, or death. stay tuned. Or <laughs> yeah. depending yeah. on when we get this episode <laughs> That's out, what I was going to say months, it's already out. <laughs> months in advance of any official announcement, we're calling it here. Right. <laughs> When you mention the set pieces, though, or just the iconic imagery, it's funny because as you 
guys each call out specific moments of it where it's either the caves or it's taking out the snipers or for me it's when you're up on top of the rooftops in Nepal and you see the flags just flittering in the yes. wind and you see the entire skybox of the Himalayas behind it mm-hmm. and then you have moments that I can just think of then just call out from the train and yes. all yes. Of the different the train <laughs> moments throughout the game I feel like we can keep going around the table with more moments that we keep calling out from the game. I, I was so well, going to say the train hi. and you guys beat me to it all of the scenes that you guys have been mentioning are they're fantastic but they're scenes that you would think like okay these are picturesque scenes opening the doors to Shangri-La or up uh, up on the top of the mountains and seeing the flag those are envi- the things that people would normally but I think the train which you would think is just some normal whatever blah scene really the way it was done and the way you were moving on the train I thought was really awesome you're saying that's more of a game design set piece in addition yeah, to just I mean, an environmental I mean one? you could have done that in any game or in any situation it didn't have to be that the train was on the way to the Himalayas Nate and I were really wondering about that as we were doing it because... How how was that achieved technically? What do you mean by how is that achieved technically? Like, you know that there are progression hooks that trigger changes in where the train's going, the scenery it goes through. Right. But what happens up until that? How are they... Is it on, like, a circular track? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That just... Because, like, I was trying to get Will... We were too invested in the scene, but I was trying to get Will to just stand still and start looking at key landmarks and see if things loop and how and when. I, I think that I there is a tunnel. <laughs> I think that there's a tunnel that does loop, but it takes a long time for it to loop. I assumed each segment looped. So if you just stood, stood right, still on the too. train, you know, on one of the cars, like you right. stood, you stood still, it would just keep looping the same couple minutes worth of footage right. until right, you went forward. When we were That's playing, cool. I brought up Star Guitar by the Chemical Brothers. Yes, which is a which great, is an amazing music video. music video. It was in Luminous too, Craig. Boom. But it's really cool because in the video, on the downbeats, every time you hear, uh, 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 it's like a, a bridge going by. And I just, in my mind, it's like that only longer. So the Star you know, Guitar every- video is like just fast motion loop of a train, like a camera mounted on the front of a train going through. And yeah, it's definitely like time synced with the music. And every time there's like a, it's when there's another train passing by. Yeah, there's all the trills and everything. It's really cool. Remind me if I'm wrong, but when you start that train scene, you're in a tunnel no outside view like you're just seeing the inside of the tunnel no you start out in the jungle no you start out yeah. and then you go through a you, really you long jump tunnel in off the tr- loops, you're with you Elena the... and you're on the, she's driving the jeep yeah. and you jump onto the train no not yet and oh, then... oh okay sorry sorry yeah you start out in the jungle right right and then because maybe you're driving alongside the train right then after a while of that after there's a few looping I think hooks then you go into the tunnel and when right. you come out of the tunnel you're in the snow right but so when you're in, in that tunnel like the transition from getting into the tunnel to back outside I'm pretty sure you climb into a cart before that actually happens. So you don't actually see any of the windows outside. So that would be a smart way for them to, wherever you were in that tunnel, to make it a nice smooth transition from tunnel to outside sure. without. Sure, yeah. The train scene was awesome. I, it, oh yeah. Man. I even like the train yard. Before. The train yard was an awesome boss fight on crushing. Or, sorry, not boss fight, but it's difficult. No, I, I, it almost was a boss fight. Like it when was. you're when you're in that one, like I don't know about you guys, but I always went in that one train car. Yes, yes, and I know what you're talking about. And there were just guns there, and the guys would just keep coming at you, and you have to like run from each side of the train yep. car. I tried to get out of that train car once. It didn't work. Out <laughs> <laughs> it went really bad for him. He had a bad experience. I was just blowing people. We were just grabbing every weapon because I'd run out of my... Fantastic. Our friend, when he was playing the game, that point, I remember distinctly when we were oh, playing it, he actually was Brian. trying to play it on hard, and he got fed up with dying there so many times that he turned it down from hard to normal, and I was just like, 
Lame. Why is that lame? Our friend is like, he was the kind of guy he was that a was like, gamer, yeah, yeah, he was just like, he got too mad about, because he wanted to play it on hard. By that point in time, you've gotten through a lot of the game. To go from there to all of a sudden just go from hard to normal, and then you're going to lose all the work that you did to get there anyway, when there's no penalty to dying. Honestly, I feel it's just kind of like a... Yeah, but if you... No, it's more about the fact that... But if you don't enjoy it at hard, right? If you don't don't enjoy it at hard, if you're just dying and dying and dying, you know, after the 50th time dying on a level, don't... Like if you just if, if you're not caring about the trophies or whatever, when you just say okay, well, I'd much obviously Alberta enjoy it. does care about the trophies, which is why this is an issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like I, I personally have beat it on crushing, but that's not. Yeah, but, but I wouldn't if I was just oh okay, I couldn't do this part. And the other the other part of the story, I wouldn't have a problem just going down a difficulty level. Yeah, the other the other part. the other part of the story why why this pissed me off so much for backstory when Nate and I were playing it, this was shortly after my sister had passed away. I just wasn't going to classes or anything. I was just this was while I was still in college. I just needed like play video games and that was it so i started playing this and just kept pushing through and i even remember nate would fall asleep i was playing in his room and he would just fall asleep i'd still be playing then six hours later he'd wake up i'd still be playing i got so close like i was just about to fight lazarevich and that was going to be the end of the i didn't even know how close i was to the end of the game and nate's like oh hey Brian Vitus over, he's playing the game right now. <laughs> Let's go watch him play it. I was just, ah, okay, fine. So I paused it, saved the game, went over there, and then we watched him beat the game. And I was like, I'm so mad. I was almost the first person to finish this game out of <laughs> we all were of literally us. Literally, right, yeah. I was right so at the end. It was mad because I was playing on it from hard from the beginning. And I was just like, ah, this is so easy on normal. I'm so upset. I could be, I could have been that done was with this game. a very funny moment. <laughs> Many many moons ago. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's the other backstory. If I wasn't in a You're competition, still harboring that grudge, Albert. A little bit. Yeah. He <laughs> As is. you can hear, a tiny bit. It's, it's a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're still talking about set pieces. There was something that came to mind earlier today. Have you ever? Have you guys ever go hiking? No, I've never I've been, been hiking. hiking. Do you guys ever notice that occasionally you're walking and there's all these uneven rocks and stuff, so you're looking down at your feet, trying to make sure you don't like sprain your ankle, fall off the side of the mountain, and you don't realize that there's these awesome vistas going by as you're trying not to sprain your ankle? Yeah. And and then you stop and look up, you're like, whoa, this thing's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a moment. So some of the stuff, when Craig was talking about the rooftops of Nepal, where... I was too busy just climbing on shit to see some of these things. But then there's other times in the stuff where I actually think of it more like scenes from God of War where you're climbing up something and then they zoom out and, oh my god, that's such and such God's leg that you're climbing up or something like yeah. that. Well, I think a lot of 3D games have that, that issue in a way that the camera angle you can you know how they give you camera control you can miss a whole bunch of stuff so if you're you know say you're you're talking about climbing up things if you have the camera angle and it's you're climbing up and it's purely on the character so you're looking at the you can miss everything around but if you just stop and just pan the camera you can you can see a lot of stuff that a lot of games put into it i think when when, to go back one of our older podcast brothers was kind of like that like you could totally just look at the characters but if you stop and sit like at the bench and just panned around you could see a whole environment that they took time to create that a lot of people probably missed this is a weird example but i in racing games if you use the third person camera and you look around your car kind of look at the other cars and what's going on in the environment and the people you're passing in the stands and things like that there's an example of something you never really need to do for any reason but when you do it's always like oh yeah also every time you do it i'm like 
He's going to crash into something. Yep, <laughs> I often wonder what developers think when they create these things because they must know that there's going to be a whole section of people that just will never see this, that will purely yeah. be focused on the game and will just miss it. And they just must, you know, like when they hear people play it and, and they ask them like, oh, what would you think of such and such environment? And they're like, oh. I didn't see that. I wonder what must go through their heads. Like, well, especially with damn, like, I spent weeks, you know, rendering this background. You didn't find and a even Deathclaw cave? What the fuck? That was my only job. Yeah, I, I, seriously. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of developers that are, you know, especially on like games I made like this. Fifty CD cases for that room. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that, that, especially, especially with RPGs games. and stuff with branching narratives. Yeah, like big games where where there's huge teams that spend. There's probably like a team of five to ten guys that their sole thing is to do this one part, and who knows. Probably 60% of the gamers probably miss it. And... Yeah, but when you think about that also, you think of if That's cool. 60% miss it and then 40% don't, there's that percent that if it's not modeled in the way that you would expect it to be seen and you turned around and looked and you actually did it on an off chance, it would completely break the immersion of the entire thing all of a sudden if it's not modeled to the degree that they've done within oh yeah you, you, that's fair you look around no, yeah, def- completely break it break it no, well, i think the like, alternative would be not giving choices in the same way yeah no no you have to you have to do stories. that because especially Lock the camera in 3d yeah. in 3d modern game like control of the camera people can spin it so you have to you have to put that effort into all these spots you can't just have dead space in certain parts right, but like 180 degrees is but it's just interesting to yeah. me and it's just interesting to me that like oh yeah you there's parts that people can miss like what was just get, alluding to like well, the solution you know, is to put it on rails uncharted 4 Okay. There you go. No camera <laughs> control for you. This game was literally on rails. Um, not in the way I'm thinking of. Thinking right, of like here we go. For you. There Will was a train. So, let's go ahead. Train. Okay, got it. Sorry, I'm sorry. I Hold thought on, you were I'm doing backing a, up. Let's go ahead and move I thought into. You're doing a our, it was a joke. Come that was on. funny. <laughs> our next topic, I guess, that's a good uh, segue. Hold on, are we done with the train? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, do we even talk about the technical merits of how they achieved the train? I did. I they talked tried. about how I wanted to know, but do you have so any? So I was gonna say, one of the things I was curious is that they actually had in most games, if they were gonna have a train sequence, they would have the train be stationary, so your character is stationary, and everything else that's happening on it is also kind of stationary within the game's physics models, and you'd have the scenery pass you by. That makes yeah. sense. Where in this, they modeled it so. Everything was happening. The train was traveling at 60 miles per hour is what they said was where it was simulated. But then when they were doing that and having the train actually move through the environment as opposed to the opposite, they ran into a whole bunch of issues where you were throwing your grenades. They would just fly back behind you because you're moving through. Momentum, yeah. Because you need inertia. Momentum. So if people were shooting, they were realizing that... The enemy was where they were at in the previous frame, so the shots would be off by, like, a meter or two. Um, And they'd run into all sorts of different issues while they were doing that that they said were just technical behemoths to try and overcome. Yeah, games like Uncharted and Last of Us, like, those series really show why Naughty Dog is way above a lot of other studios. They take tasks in games and things that people will take for granted in scenes that... And they really put effort into making them technical challenges. And, and you could see the progressions through their games, through the first three of Uncharted and then The Last of Us, things that they've done that other teams just purely 
steer clear of that uh, that Naughty Dog really raises the bar on. Well, and you know how much easier it would have been, I'm sure, if they would have. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, yeah. Just gone about the standard way of doing it, although without ever experiencing what that alternative vision would have looked like if it would have been through kind of the standard. Oh yeah. Limelight. And they could have done. It's yeah. hard to picture it, but you also saw that same traversal system was used when the buildings collapsing around you, and you're able to. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, and you're able to use your own momentum and your own movement to like yeah. get through the window that was shown. They said they use that same type of technology there because the actual environment is moving as well as you within it. Huh. I like discovering an anti-aircraft gun. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. What about what the train led into about being derailed or Flynn shooting Nate? That was pretty cool. And then leading to the back to the beginning of the game, which only takes place, I think, probably a little bit more than halfway through the game, you end up back where you started, right? Yeah. Right. So yeah, there was an interesting part. Will was telling flashback. me. Will yeah. was telling me he was. He's like, oh, like, I got to this part and this part. And I kept wanting to say to him, like, have you got to the train yet? And I was like, oh, just wait till he gets to the train, because then you loop back to the beginning and then so and cool. you do the beginning over again, which I thought was kind of cool. And it was like, oh, it's very spec. I was thinking, I wanted to tell him like it's very spec ops like where you do this over <laughs> again. I thought it was cool that they came back to it. I was a little uh, plussed. Nice. Non plussed. Non plussed. Yeah. That it didn't seem like I knew anything more the second time. It didn't my my point of view didn't change well you knew how you why got there it? because at the beginning yeah, you're just like, like why the fuck the is he benefit? like bloody on a train that's getting about to fall off a cliff and you know what's you, great you is that moment why. where you look at the explosive barrels and your brain is like <gasps> this is how the beginning happens like that that rush <laughs> yeah. of like you figuring things out is awesome well because i'll also even say that when i was when i first got onto the train i did not think oh train Oh, this is how this happened. Really? It, I didn't come mean. on. Wait, wait. Oh, come on. Come on. Bro. You didn't know that that was going to be the train. <laughs> no, no. I didn't honest, think about it. No, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't until was it, when he looked uh, at the barrels. I yeah. was like, oh, snap. Yeah. What? As soon as so, I hit the train yard, I'm like, oh, this is the train. Where that's it's gonna, exactly where I was thinking. <laughs> it's going to be at the beginning. Well, Man, we were, what, okay. 20 oh, at the time? Jesus. I don't care well, if you're no. five. No, you I'm going to go ahead and say this. I am so glad that I don't have your guys' minds when I yeah, play games. it must have been boring. I, you, Seriously. You mean, you mean Oh, this is how line? they completed the story formula. <laughs> Thank God it all makes sense. So if wait, it didn't, I'd be quite upset. Question, question. I'm not that quick on uptakes on these things like this. This wasn't a hard thing. This wasn't a stretch to I'm not saying it was a hard thing, but, like, for instance i think i told nate this when nate first told me about will's gripe about this when there'll be sometimes like in a tv show or a movie something like this like this is a very common thing that happens in storytelling and i'll see that happen and then they'll show that they'll start going on like 24 hours before two weeks before whatever the time frame is you start hearing the background story i immediately forget that little sequence that they showed at the very beginning before going into it leading up to it and it's not until seconds before it happens when I'm watching something that I go, oh, shit, this is the thing they're talking about at the very beginning. Okay, cool. Craig, did you realize that was the train when you were on it that was going to be in the beginning or no? I knew it was going to be the beginning. I didn't know how it was going to happen. Okay, but, yep. you, but you're you on knew team that you Will were, and, yeah. and Brian. Yeah. So three to two. Yeah, we you were. know that there's a connection there, obviously. It's like, well, I'm on a massive train and, you know, started the game at the beginning. with Yeah. Train. But it is interesting that... No, no, I agree. You, you didn't know exactly what was going to blow up. When you saw the... I agree with Nate. When you see the barrels, you're like, oh, okay, that's the explosion that's going to set you I off. I want to but, get to the journey. But at, it least, is funny, but though, at least that, when you see the train, you should have been like, 
I oh, love that's the train. I love the tr- the train, like the coupling breaking and the train flying end over end. The train car after you what after the helicopter thing. Oh, and you're yeah, like, yeah. oh shit! And then you go through a tunnel and you're like, oh, thank God for tunnels. <laughs> God for tunnel. <laughs> I am kind of conflicted about it though, because more specific about the story around this, in that particularly toward the beginning and when I was talking to Brian, I was really positive about the beginning because they started with such an awesome action sequence. Yeah. Then just briefly went back and f- back to the past and I thought that was really cool, much better paced than the first game. Some of the problems I had with the first game were, were about the pacing and I felt like they fixed that a lot here. But then when you actually got to the train sequence, maybe it was because I was supposed to be really dazzled by hanging on the end of the train and that's the part that I missed but when they made me do it again it was and like, I, I, will, didn't, I didn't okay. feel it was like, like it came together at all this is I just will, a Tuesday I, <laughs> I, will, I do this every fucking day <laughs> I will agree that that part did annoy me a little bit the fact that I had to climb up the cart all over again and that same part because that was the only part that they had you repeat well, here's the not thing. finding right. the dagger again, not doing that other the stuff if again. They cut so that it was like, if they cut that out, wouldn't it, it wouldn't it have been weird to just say like, okay, now the train explodes and then they put you right back? Cutting that, I, I thought it at least kept some semblance of a transition to where you find the dagger again. So you see, like this led to this, led to this, led to this. So, so I, I see where you're coming from. Where with that. Was, I felt like if they cut it, it would have been like, okay, it just. I would have been perfectly fine though with them when you're hanging again them making you start doing it again for like a couple of quick seconds what they did a little bit of right remember when you get up to a certain point you like climb inside and the camera pans around and you climb out the other side right like they did skip a little but they could have i I, i'm sure that in development they played with this that window of how much they cut off i bet there was versions of this game where you were at the bottom and the camera slowly swooped around and you were climbing onto the top yeah and i would suspect that they kept this particular one because it avoided that just there being like a break there yeah gave a good transition be- that you needed that if they had just completely cut it would have been like, okay, sort of I'm like spec now. ops when you come around with spec ops it's the same thing like they kind of you fly through it they change it a little bit like the, the, you know they shorten a tiny bit of the helicopter ride but you still have it there because so that you can transition to moving forward into present time right from the flashback fair i thought it was all together very well done I did too. Even, I liked it. You know, it's a very common thing of storytelling to start with a high point. And then I was telling Will, it's kind of like when I listen to music sometimes, I'll be like, there's a song from an album I really want to listen to. And I'll jump to that song and I'll be like, ah, oh, remember, it's not just a song you're listening to. It's the whole album. So then I'll like go to the beginning of the album. You really enjoy like the whole album flowing into that song and then the downward descent away from that. And I think that that action scene part of it too. Like, it's cool that you're hanging off the edge of a cliff on a train. And then it's really even cooler when you see the complete story content. There's like a flow of a narrative that leads up to and away from that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was really important also that they took it from that point and continued through in continuity. They didn't jump you ahead or jump you back outside of that scene once, yeah. once you repeated it. Right. Yeah. Yep. It served its purpose to reiterate where you had come from and give you context to that scene and then help prepare you into the next act of the game. I think I'd it's interesting like, uh, what Will was saying, where uh, he felt that the scene would have been more fulfilling if it had revealed an extra part of the scene, something more that you didn't know about the first time. And to me, when he said that, I was like, well, the, the more is the context of why you're here. Yeah, and why you have but, this weird dagger. But he was like, wouldn't it be cool out? if, like, you know, in some games you can, like, you see that there's something behind you that's chasing you, whereas the first time you just thought you were pursuing something, and then when it, the flashback happens, you see that something's actually chasing you, too. 
And I was like, I guess that's interesting. I don't know what that would be in this case. Well, actually, I would say that when you play through this the second time, I mean, the first time, okay, I don't know why I'm injured. I don't know who's on my team or what or right. literally whatever. It's the and story. then this happens, you're like, well, Flynn's a dick. <laughs> Shit, I gotta go help Chloe. Right, that oh, bastard. Yeah. I would say on that count, it put me in a, diff- a slightly different mindset now I knowing what I've gotten context. to. So let's explore this in reverse for just a second. Other than starting with an action sequence, what is the point of having the train in the beginning? Just to build investment. Like, I would, oh, this I would cool. say it's yeah, the hook. The build, yeah, the hook, the suspense. Like, oh, you know, he's right. There, the, it doesn't need to be there. The first thing you see is he's on the bench. He's basically passed out. He's bloody. He wakes up. He just he's looking around. He's I mean, he he knows where he is, but kind of still is woozy. So he doesn't. And you as the, as the player don't know anything. So you're like, what the fuck's going on? And all of a sudden the bottom falls out. And then you, you, you see that the camera's on. Yeah, its side. So it's kind of just right. like, okay, a, but why not just have an awesome Borneo scene there? What do you mean, awesome? Mm. Explain. Elaborate. What if you just had a he, what if this big action adventure scene in Borneo that started the game? Because I think what is the benefit the from hero having... is in peril? Like, yeah. Also, like, what the hell did Drake get himself into? Like, you're yeah, you're exactly. In a very vulnerable state to lead off the game, right? You're not being shown that you're in. I'm trying to think of what um, your actually makes a lot of, of what sense. your Borneo scene. Your action scene. What is? What is it? Will's trying to ask. What does that scene at the beginning contribute to the narrative? And I think Craig hit the answer on the head exactly. You know that some shit's gonna happen. Well, I was gonna flip it on Will, and I was gonna say if you did the Bor- so you did a scene like Borneo or whatever. What would that contribute? How how does that make it? Like- it's the big action starter of the game, which is what we all. said that this is right. Well, I, so yeah, but this so is more than I, just the the big. And action what start. is the more? It's, it's the, the establishing it's, vulnerability. It's, it's like I said, you're. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. That was the. What am I doing? That's yeah. all I wanted to know. No, no, no. I was just. Yeah. I was just trying to elaborate because I'm interested in what you were saying. Like, well, why didn't they do the flip? And I was interested in why you would think that the flip would be an action scene in Borneo. Like, why would that work? I think the flip would be none. It just starts with you. Because I thought this. Would, the... I thought this was the right way to start the game. <laughs> because I was. I was like, like, now that Will says that, if I think about this, very many of the action adventure type movies that i've seen start out in one of two ways either one with a hook like this where like they show you something later on in the movie that you're not that you're going to get to at some point and then kind of tie back to it later or they'll do some kind of like side little mission that's not necessarily related to what you're going to be yeah, what the rest of the story actually. is about but some short little action thing that portrays your like the hero the protagonist ends that little bit and then it gets to the rest of the well, let's, let's let's go around Robin here. Did we like the way we th- that they started this? I, I I personally vote for. I liked the way they started. I liked the hook that they came up with. I think that it did a really good job of giving both new and previous players yes the same no. type of experience. Yes or no? Well, yes, I like. I'm, I'm saying yes. Sorry. Yes, I like <laughs> it. This is why. Okay. Because like I think that as someone who's played Uncharted before this one, you already know who Drake is. You already kind of know what he's about what his traversal of terrain parkourness his awesomeness blah blah blah, his half tuck that none of us can ever get to look great (laughs) and you start this game out and you see when i played it i was like oh shit why am i bleeding not why is drake bleeding because like i had played it before so there there was my hook as a person who had played uncharted before but then someone who's picking this up for the first time they don't have to be like oh do i have to know what happened in the previous there is no previous game necessarily referenced that early on it's just oh shit well, you What's could, going on? You could think this was a, like the end of the first game. 
that there's a possibility too. Yeah, Nathan, what do you think? I like it. I think that it adds a specific point of mystery just beyond the mystery of where's the plot going to go. Right. It's a very specific thing for you to want the answer to that carries you through the first half of the game. And once you get to that point, halfway through the game, you already have the other thing you're wondering, which is what's Shangri-La? What's Shambhala? What's Shambhala? <laughs> yeah, Shambhala. Trying to make a Shambhala. It's a natural rapper, you know. And I think that's its real use. <laughs> All right, three, three, three likes. Uh, Craig, what do you got? Do you like it? Yeah, or it's no surprises on this side. I was going to say, to condense it down, it gives you right at the beginning, how did I get here and where am I going? And it sets those two things up very clearly. And you want answers to those questions and you want to know how you're going to proceed past those and how he's gonna move out of that situation so i think for opening up the title i think it pretty much sets the story in motion and gives it a nice kick in the ass all right well we got four four likes what do you got so so from the very beginning i liked the opening scene and i was just a little kind of questioning about the second time coming through the train and actually after this conversation i am far more positive on what they ended up doing now that I've kind of had you guys to talk it through with me. Um, do we want to do where the fuck is Sully? Sure. Why don't we just continue? Yeah, why is this a thing we even need to talk about? I don't know. It's just Bill's gripe. All right. Will, lead us off. Where, where the fuck is Sully in this game? Where the fuck Why is, is that important? Because he was the sidekick from the last game. But he's he wasn't in even this in the game. lot of the last game. Like, a lot of the last game, it was like, oh, he's with, he's in the cathedral while you're going around. So he was missing from a lot of that, too. It wasn't like he was sitting there with you the whole game in the last one, either. There was a big chunk of the game where he wasn't there, either. Okay, R2-D2's not in the whole Star Wars movie, but he's in the whole Star Wars movie. Yeah, but nobody sits there and says, where the fuck is R2-D2? <laughs> because you know there. where he is the whole Damn movie. Damn it, we're on Tatooine, where the fuck's R2-D2? No, There's what? no parts where it's like, oh, it's been three hours where we haven't seen R2-D2. Sully well, rescues you from the prison, Sully and then is R2-D2, he's like, you heard it here first. Sully rescues you from the prison, and then he's like, oh yeah, we should go to check out Shambhala. And then he shows up at the end of the game. Does anybody know where he went? What's Does anybody he, care? Do we... I don't think uh, this was like answered with some little like witty dialogue or something. Yeah, right? I think Wasn't he says like, like I'm oh, too you go old ahead. For this? Yeah, he says something so. like that. Or was yeah, that like, three? Like, no, no, I think it was this one. He's like, oh, I'm getting too old. It, it, it's like mm, you're right. It is weird that he shows up later, but thing where he's like, oh, I'm getting too old for this shit, and he's just like, oh, you go ahead, and I'll hang back. Okay. I felt like I remember it being addressed at least vaguely. I don't know where he went. I just realized halfway through the, I was like, where, where did he go? He's so, just. Hey. At the end of chapter four in the game, right when him and Nate jump off a cliff, he says he's going somewhere warm, and then he just disappears for the rest of the game. So that's kind of how they whisk him away for a good chunk of it. Okay, Until he comes I totally didn't wanted. remember that. Oh. That's think, actually as weird as Will it, said. That is kind of weird. If you think about it, weird enough that just some flabby get regular guy Nathan Drake <laughs> can do all this stupid shit like where he's jumping he's jumping around from parkour to, do you really think this guy who looks like he's I don't know he's in, he's in his 50s he or 60s he be there jumping around with you Elena's not there jumping what? around with you the whole Will thing actually, here's no, but what there's Will always either wants. it's usually Elena or um, Chloe or Brian, Brian here's what's the thing what's the bad guy's name Lazarevich the other one uh, Finn Flynn? He jumps around in one scene, but he's there throughout the whole story. He, okay. he just, like, okay. took off. Well, here's how we can appease all parties. We're going to do a slight crossover with Far Cry 4, given that it's in the same basic place. We're going to take the little gyrocopter, and we're going to put Sully in that, <laughs> buzzing around behind you as you climb things. Just incessantly. <laughs> hey, Ken, what you doing now? 
Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the game is set. <laughs> there you go, Will. You satisfied? He doesn't. Now Sully's buzzing around there. in the gyrocopter. <laughs> like a horror. Sucks to be you, nerd. You should have gotten the gyrocopter. <laughs> oh, God, he's going to come over and punch me. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would be cracking up if you could just turn the camera and all of a sudden you see Sully. Gyrocopter. He's like, sucks to be you, kid. <laughs> Why are you be, jumping around? That, that, would be, that would be a great Easter egg. And that then, would be and then during that the Easter egg, and then during the trade scene, he's like, "Oh shit, that's a bigger helicopter." See ya. Yeah, oh, he was the helicopter pilot the whole time. Just want to give you a little adversity down there, kid. I don't know why he sounds like a snake oil salesman. Looks like it's getting a little too easy for you down there, kid. Let me Good thing, a... just four cars ahead. There's an anti-aircraft gun that I totally can't see in my helicopter. Then I'll jump back in the gyrocopter after you blow me up. <laughs> Oh man! So for a little okay, bit have... more context, he actually says he's too old for all this, and he's like, "All right, I'm, I'm giving it up. You continue on." Yeah, he pulls the lethal Thank, weapon. Thanks for all the context. Yeah. <laughs> he pulls a Danny Glover. But uh, yeah, I'm out. Let me peace. Nice one, okay, Brad. let me try this a different way. Nice one, Brian. I thought, particularly at the end of the first game, that Sully was the sidekick, and Elena is some completely nonsense, nobody gives a shit about character. Hey, that's revealing. Hey. Did. You, oh, what? Nope, nope. Craig's nope. ready to throw down. You're about, you're about to get the smackdown from both. Line. Yeah. She, Craig's about to jump through the TV and smack Craig and I will kill you. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm thousand miles away. I will still come up there. <laughs> nope. You must not speak. And then, so on top of that, they introduce Chloe in this game, who is a far more interesting character. Yeah. And then it, I think it was particularly accentuated when you bring in elena and put her right next to chloe and you're like wow she is really this dumb shallow character why why does it why do why does anybody care about her she is quite simple first off elena is not a boring character in one she's kind of mom-like just sort of like what? a loving figure Dude, that's what kind there. of mom are you know I, I, I got a weird mom she goes okay look you see i even talked about this i'm pretty sure in the in the podcast for uncharted you see her go from like this person who is completely focused on okay (laughs) in a less tacky form i guess yes she goes completely from being invested into her own camera and like her own story to finally being to being in love with nate no no drake is actually the one that at that time he's like we're like this is way in over our heads for this she's like are you serious like you want to give up now we got to go talk to Sully. like we can't just give up she's now in this further adventure further thing like save sully and like to convince Drake, we gotta keep she was doing in it for this. The, the, that she just wanted the story. Yeah, the, she totally she, but was she, like. But then she lost her camera. Then at that yeah, point, it was, was like, the, who I cares? It was the story that she still wanted. Like, oh, I want this great adventure. I can sell to whatever new station. With Even what? though she didn't have a camera anymore, yeah, she but you could still tell the story. I mean, not as much as look. Okay, not, sure. No, she, I agree. Not as much without the camera for proof, but you could still have the story to tell. But even her pushing Nate was more out of naivete than any naivete. Nice. <laughs> any nice. desire to do the right thing or anything. I would argue that doesn't make any less important, though. I would argue... Mm. Okay. Whether or not the character's motivations, why you're pushing her forward, is noble or stupid, it seems to make be important to me. I agree. <clears throat> I want to make an analogy, but then you guys are going to twist that. Go on, ahead. Come on. Yeah, we are. Now you, now you got no chance but to, to announce it. Okay. At the risk of this hurting elaine i hope that this doesn't with all of my heart if you're talking to a kid who wants to do something a, honest, a baby goat 
What? <laughs> baby goat. Is that actually the term for a baby goat? A you kid? Betcha. Are you serious? Yes, please say child. It's very unclear otherwise. What? <laughs> I was. I don't think anybody else. Was I think Craig's, Big child. I think Craig's expression was the best. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the face palm. <laughs> okay. Okay. A child. Ah. So nobody knows. Clearer. Kid. Nobody knows what that is. What's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a kid? What species? <laughs> what species? So if you're talking to a child about why they want to do something or why, like they, a child might have like in their mind that doing a certain act will help their friend get over something. And you as the adult might say, okay, what they're wanting to do in objectively speaking is very stupid. It's not going to help their friend at all. But the feeling behind it from that kid for what they want to do to help their friend out doesn't make their action any less important or any less noble, for lack of a better word, than for someone who's actually going to do something to help them out. For instance, like if a kid's feeling sad for losing their mom or dad and they're like, I want to go give them a crayon to go color because it might make them feel better. Which one's the kid, Nate or Elena? Elena. That's a good question. Is it me or does anybody not following this <laughs> he's saying uh, sometimes question. motivations are more important than actual actions but i'm not sure how that's connecting to the game yeah I, i'm totally yeah. I, it's either going right over my head or i just don't know where you're going with this try it again take two so you guys were talking about how her decision to do this was more out of naivete or however you pronounce that word she doesn't know any better basically right versus actually knowing whether or not this is going to help she, I mean, she's never been in a situation like this. She's doing the what she thinks is right for either helping Sully or Nate. And whether she's naive about it or not doesn't mean that it means any less. She's never Are been in a situation like this. Are we talking about Uncharted 1 or Uncharted 2? 1. Right now, 1. Okay. Because I feel like her character changes quite significantly between the two. Yeah, oh, well, no, I agree. I agree. Let's bring this back to 2. Because as well. Let's sure. this, try to keep this close. What's the arc? Two. I don't... What, I, she, okay. Are you saying there's no arc... Are we really going to have this? What's the arc? What's I the don't arc? know. To me, Elena's like uncomfortably close to that feminine object in a video game that kind yeah. of exists to just sort of mirror the male character. She isn't quite that, and she's well-written enough that I don't really feel like she falls into that, but there's a lot of times where if I think about it, I'm kind of like, what is Elena's purpose other than it's kind of a foil to Nate? <laughs> Chloe is less of that, maybe. Eh, I don't know. I kind of feel both of them are just... Typical. If anything, Chloe's more of a sexual object. She's Thank way you. more sexualized in the game. Thank you. Sultry she does is. Not I agree. Mean but I think they both are that way. Sultry I think they're both just like it's the they're both there for this is the sexual attraction for Nate, and they we can throw in some jokes about we're boosting up Chloe. I'm gonna look at her butt, and when I'm boosting yeah, up Elena, actually... you know she's yelling at me not to do it. Like. I mean, it just seems like they're both characters that are that are there for just, uh, you know, like what Nate was saying, like, you know, just foils for Nate, the character on the, you know, the actual main character. Let's touch on how Elena gets into this situation, because she's not there for Nate when she's introduced in this game, right? She's Correct. there, sure, she's there she's for her own thing. She's a covering, war story yeah, the rebellion, with, another, yeah. with a cameraman. She's not there because of Nate or to try and help him in his quest, but ends up getting kind of wrapped up in the plot. Yeah, in fact, thinking, even when they, when they introduce one. her in the second one, she's like, oh, here comes Nate, and I want to, I want nothing to do with him, and, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, and it's only by the fact that they get cut off from with the fighting that she has to they have to end up going with Nate and Chloe that 
you know, she, she has to stick well, with that, him. But she doesn't. never disagrees or tries to do anything other than what he's doing the entire game, though. Well, no, that's uh, not true. She no, is because, resistant at first. Yeah, at well, first, at first, she, like, ah. she's resistant, but very. I agree with Will. Like she's very more like little... coy. Oh, I can't believe Nate's getting into into these hijinks again. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's they need that second character for you to walk around with, and they prefer the female where they could throw in jokes and they could make it like, oh, here's the sexual tension going on while you're fighting, versus you know, Sully or something. Thing where it's just okay. Here's the old guy who talks about not he did make an ass joke while he was boosting Sully. So too, I by think the way. she's given her own yeah. reason though to oh, that's fight hilarious. against him also though because you have her partner there and Jeff the cameraman and he's executed by Lazarevich. That gives her her own motivation separate from Nate's about why she would want to. That is true. She never said Jeff's name revenge. one more time in the entire course of the game. Well, okay. I don't even know if she knew what, what Jeff's prefer? name well, to was. To be fair, he wasn't around for that long. Well, the, but, but if that's his her but, motivation, that she's not. But in the game, that's true. But uh, you that's know, funny. in the the story, it's supposed to be like they were there for a while covering the story, so they knew each other pretty well. I agree with yeah, you. It's kind of like, it was kind of like he died, and then it was like, oh, okay, Jeff's dead. Well, who, who the fuck is Jeff? Hold on. You know? Minor minor transformer spoilers. At the end of the movie, he goes. We lost some friends today because they killed Jazz, but we made some better ones. It's like, <laughs> uh, hold on, what? I think that's that exactly he, what it felt like. I think oh, he actually we, says well, we made some new ones too, not better ones. <laughs> but yeah, they, they always, <laughs> I was like, movies, that's what I heard. But games like, always like, have that. Jeff, my best friend that we lost for. If Jeff uh, didn't but, mean anything to her, then why the heck would we have had the main protagonist? Carrying Jeff around and trying to save him because Jeff because our main protagonist because cares he's about a human, human beings. Being. Yeah, she asks him. To, but the thing like, is, no, fuck Elena, that. I would just have him die. Elena asks him after to, he shoots. She cared guys. as much about that is her. True. She cared as much about her camera Fair. in the first game as she did about Jeff in the second. Ah, oh, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> that was great. Uh, <laughs> that was perfect. The only reason she needed Jeff so was needed somebody to hold the camera. If you want to talk about the, I can't the, the describe best, how hard we, we say Will was right. Eyes. I raise a beer to Will. That was that was perfect. That was the best. Will was right. <laughs> that was good. Uh, what do you yeah. got, Craig? All right, help us team, out, Craig. Team eye roll. What's going on on your side? <laughs> yeah, come on, Alberto, Craig, defenders of Atlanta. What do you got? I'm hearing a lot of silence, a lot of crickets. <laughs> I'm gonna put some crickets in here. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed actually and part of the series for me is seeing the relationship between Nate and Elena continuing through all of them and especially having spoilers that, that beginning portion of the game where you, you don't <laughs> at all. oh god I didn't know she was in the third one spoilers Jesus oh damn it <laughs> she might be in the third one she may or may not be in the third one Sully may or may not be in the third one. And Nate may or may not be. <laughs> Nate so. is probably not. And Lazarvich may or may not be in the third one. <laughs> Nate is in the third one? Right. Come on, man. Yeah, what else Sorry. do we even need to know? <laughs> but as you're kind of going through this story and you're experiencing what it is, I think it's interesting to see the two characters play off each other. I mean, uh, yes, you make a fair point about how Jeff's not really mentioned and how he may have been set up mainly as kind of that set piece to jump 
her back into Nate's life. But it's kind of curious what happened between the end of Uncharted 1 and where they're at here Mm -hmm. and why they're not together. And then you have the old girlfriend, Chloe, who's part of it also, and kind of how they're playing against each other a little bit. I just thought that brought a lot of interesting... Not only dialogue, but also some character exposition between all three of them in what's a large-scale action movie. I thought it humanized the characters a little bit. Yep. I think that no matter what you think about Elena as a character, you can agree that there is some pretty good interplay between the two of them. It's pretty well-written chemistry. So do we like Chloe better than Elena, or Elena better than Chloe? What? I'm I'm not answering that question. Chloe. Elena. So here's Uh, the last question. The only redeeming thing about Chloe... On, is that she's voiced by Claudia Black? I don't know who is on SG One. How could yes. that not be? Yeah, Mr. how is that not I need Trump card? a blue swirly Stargate eyes. <laughs> <laughs> how is being seen that on SG One? I've never seen SG One either. It's pretty good. Look, she's a team member on. She's on the seminal team. <laughs> Poor choice of words. <laughs> she's on the most important team in their the flagship awesomest. team. I don't think you know flagship, what that word flagship. means. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> SG One is known as the flagship team of the the seminal Command. team. Okay, um, which has no bearing on the Uncharted universe. <sighs> at correct. All. See, I would Claudia pick, Black. Claudia Black. Just as much as Deep Space Nine does with Odo. Bringing it back, I'm gonna, I'm going to vote for Elena, but Dude, I am just not sure. because I think more that. Just because I was introduced to her through the whole first game, I yeah, don't, I don't. If there was, n- if, there, if there was no Uncharted, oh God, if, oh if Uncharted Two was Uncharted, I like Chloe better. But I think just because of the fact that, like, oh, I've had passed with She's Elena, familiar. yeah, familiarity. Yep, I would think I would say Elena. I'm gonna. I, I've, I've decided I'm gonna go with Chloe because I like danger. All right, Craig, you have no choice but to now vote. I know you tried to... We already know his vote. No, he said he's, Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I'll, I'll oh. cast the ballot for Elena on today, tomorrow, and then the next 150 days ahead of me. So we got three to two, Elena? Five on the other side of that. Let's go with multiple things in one. Will's gripes. Will's I know gripes. one of Will's gripes was not the AI. With... <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I was actually a fan of the AI. Mostly because, as we discussed, they remember where you were last seen. They don't just magically know wherever you are. I've played some really bad shooters lately that the enemy just shoots at you through walls all the time. And (laughs) it was really nice to have this one where, particularly in that train yard scene, you would like pop up in one side and they would be shooting at you. And then if you crawl down out of sight and pop up somewhere else, it takes them a second to retrain on you. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So the two things that I didn't like, one is any time that I was running at the camera, oh my god, it makes looking at the things exploding behind you cool, but you can't have no clue where you're going, and and yeah, the controls the really game. awkwardly. Did, A lot of games like what that. scenes? Sonic is the worst when it comes to things like that. Where you're like running in the, uh, the camera, and you're just like, what the fuck's going on? What Sonics are you playing that I side on? Because. Anything that's not no, none of those have been good, right? No, that, and that's part. <laughs> yeah, of, that's that's a lot of the problem. Is yeah. that is you have a lot of those things where you're running at the camera and it's just like, oh, this what doesn't scenes? work. Stop My head doing. is literally and figuratively exploding that you just compared Sonic to Uncharted. <laughs> same here. Same no, here. It's a strange degree of separation. No, it is a, a lot of 
that's like the typical game where you have that thing where you're running at the camera and you're in this fast, usually the ground is falling and you're trying to run. They did it in the first one too, Uncharted, and it just doesn't work. What scenes I, in Uncharted 2 have this? When you're running out of the temple? At and the it's very exploded? end, when you're running out of the temple. Uh, of the the oh my. The yep. truck going behind you. Yes, I was oh, just yeah. going to say that. There's that a bunch of stuff in Which, Nepal where you're doing that kind of stuff. Slight tangent on that, I actually wanted to ask if anyone tried this one thing that i thought that was kind of clever for the game but i don't think it was actually required in the game is when that truck when you're running away from it it automatically gives you an ak-47 to shoot at the truck if you successfully shoot for enough time you run out of ammo with that and then you start shooting with your pistol did you actually even have to shoot that truck at all for it to blow up towards the end of the alleyway or could you just focus on running because I, I think don't I just think you actually had to running. shoot. I don't think you have to shoot. I think it's focused on running most. I remember when I played, I instinctly just shot at it because I, I saw that I could shoot, even though it didn't seem to be doing anything. Because I remember in the first one, there was two scenes where you had to run that same thing. Where you had to run at the camera. And the second one was when you first found the zombies. And, and that's after yeah, the, uh, that's right. the other guy dies. You can fire at the zombies, but it doesn't do anything in terms of you can just run. And I ended up just doing that, just run and not fire once at them and... It has the same effect. Right, okay. So I think you could do that in the same with this one where it just ends up blowing up anyways. I thought, to counter Will's point, and the moments in the game where it does kind of force you into that perspective, I thought they did a good job of not cheaply putting objects in front of you that would stop your momentum. Like, they yeah. they tried to do it in a way that makes you feel like a badass without just making it into either a cutscene or yeah. some godforbidden QTE event where they're just Jump. kind of putting you on Dodge. a rail and then just having you hit a button every once in a while. It's like, they give you some immediacy into doing it, although you still don't have that much of an option. Yeah. And your other gripe is... My other main gripe, and this probably be the version of the ugly rocks from this game is the shiny ass eyeballs the eyes looked so bad in this game it's not that they're so bad they do look a little weird though i mean i'd say that yes you you notice them but i think that it was a very nice attempt at trying to make them look less no guys no guys it's actually totally intentional. It's just that every character in this game is so well-written, they all have gleams in their eyes. <laughs> Nate seems to have a gleam in his eye. He knows something we don't. What a well-written character. <laughs> no, but I mean, I thought it was a nice attempt to try to make their eyes aren't the same texture as flesh, so we should try to put some moisture into that, or like some kind of like different look to them so that they don't look like their skin, in a sense. I'm glad that their eyes didn't look like skin. I will agree with you but on no, that. But no, but like, when, no, like <laughs> look, look. If, One of the if things I I've been like, most thankful for. If it wasn't like a hundred like degrees in here, and if Will wasn't sweating, like if I was looking at his skin, I would not see like any like gleaming light off of his forehead at all. I, I'd see some right now because there's sweat. But I'm always going to see that on his you, eye, unless his eyes just fucking dry. You look in that much detail into Will, huh? About his sw- just no, but that, into his no, but you see, like, you see light reflections off of people's eyes immediately because it's wet. Have you looked at this game lately? Yes. Two. Yes. Because it's again, it's it is really a little strange. obvious. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm saying that I thought that it was a nice attempt at trying to do something different with the eyes than just okay, we're just going to make them regular looking. The- it's just that the entire rest of the world looks so much better. Uh, that seems like a bit more of a judgment call, but they did put a lot of effort into making this game realistic looking, and the eyes 
if it is an artistic intentional direction, it's a little different than the artistic intentional direction the rest of the game has. I, th- I think that is a fair point. Craig, are you looking up a video right now? Yeah, no, I was just looking at tired just of some us. comparisons just to <laughs> get a little bit of perspective back from where it was at. But I think it's honestly something where you're looking at it through the lens of time. When that this too. game came out and how gorgeous everything is, I don't think... I don't remember the eyes being a, a standout thing. I think I actually do remember that. It was something where I was like, yeah, they're a little, a little funny, a little too almost right. anime-ish or something like that. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying with the eyes. I don't, I don't know if it necessarily, like, took anything away from the game for me. Yeah. I think it's something where with Fair. games since then and where we're at now in 2015, but if I was looking back, it's a little bit harder to, to look back at where it was at at that point versus... Oh, yeah. But that happens with a lot of games that you look back and you're like, ooh, this wasn't how I remember it. <laughs> What's next on your gripes list? Is that about all? If so, um, this game's doing way better than Uncharted 1. Yeah, That's true. Had a, that, that, those were the gripes. I had a tiny one that was Nazis again, really? What, what, huh? Supernatural again, that type of thing. Did they show up? Did Nazism show up in this game? Yeah, dude. The the Guardians, I believe, were Nazis again. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah because in the cave you find that, oh, yeah, and because yeah. uh, the German guy was... I was like... It, well, even right. the Nazis were like, oh, fuck, <laughs> it's, I'm out. It's, Sorry. It's like totally. Indiana Jones, and they... Nazis are the easy group to use because it's Hitler's well, ambition a... to they exp- they want to take over the world so they want to find all the artifacts and all the supernatural powers so Hell, it's, it's an Avengers easy group does it. it's a, yeah it's an easy group to use well, I think it's more interesting in this game they didn't cash in on them as the evil group they cashed in on them as the group that was out doing everything and it in a way when you play this it's interesting it's a kind of a head scratcher that yeah that Nazis were out in Nepal like in the caves didn't Once really a... happen in real life but it is interesting to think about the fact that, that we Hitler's war about. regime was doing a lot of really crazy other stuff besides just murdering people. Yeah. That, that they did have a very global impact, and it's interesting to see that presented in this game, and I, I kind of thought that was cool. If we get Nazis again in the next one, I'm going to be... Uncharted 3, Are The we? Return of the Nazi. Marco. Okay, Easter yes. egg. So you're on the roof of a hotel <laughs> at some point, and if you get in the pool, you shout, Marco. Polo, and then another. Yeah. You do it, it three Elena? times. Yeah. Is it? Ale- no, yeah. Elena's like. No, you're I'm with not Chloe. Going. No, it's Chloe. It's oh, Chloe. It? Okay. Yeah, it's Chloe. Chloe's it's like, like she has serious? personality in her answer. <gasps> She's like, are you oh, serious? And he's like, snap. Come <laughs> 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 I'm hitting Nate for you, Craig, and me, and Elena, and half of our <laughs> listeners. There's also another scene where it, there's the giant thing with the arms that you have to puzzle. <laughs> So, oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. So there's also a Shiva. I don't think it's enough hands to be Shiva, but I thought it was. I don't think so either. No. Anyway, there's a pond in front of that too, and if you jump in there or fall in there or whatever, she's like, Really? Swimming again? He's like, Yeah, come on in, the water's fine and she's like, You just wanna see my shirt wet, don't you? Which references the first game's wet shirt technology. Now they have icy snow technology. Yeah, that's actually really cool. I love the snow in this game. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty spectacular. I just miss winter. Well, speaking of Nazis and such, Schaefer, or Otto. He's cool. What about him? Well, he was one of their medics. Otto from DS9. I heard him. Odo. Yeah, why did I say that? My bad. Because I I said Otto. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. It was because of me. He's a hopeless cause, but Will. 
he showed up and I was like, oh my God, that's his voice. And I then love I was like, his voice. Oh my God, what is that horrible accent he's doing? Yeah. It was, oh. It, Dude, it's the German accent that's been exposed to Nepal for 50 years. What do you think it would be, a perfect German accent? You're saying that his, the English... I see. Of yep. the okay. German, I see of the yep. okay, Nepal... Quiet. Okay. <laughs> yes, it grated on me. Sorry. I just loved his voice so much I didn't care. Really? Yeah, I like it. I, I love his voice. How would you feel? Do you remember much of the other voice acting in this? Yeah, I really liked Flynn's voice. He's Scottish. Yeah. I and, thought he uh, was... I like Nolan North, and I like Elena, and of course I love Claudia Black. Yeah, well, Claudia, Claudia Black acting is awesome. Good job with her voice acting. That I didn't remember there being any weak points. I don't really remember Lazarevich's voice very well, though. He She's was just a standard big, Soviet angry, guy, right? I, I just, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember Lazarevich's voice very well, but his face was awesome. Yeah, they did a good job crafting him. You're, there were some quotes, Will, that you referenced. Yeah, there were a bunch of good quotes in this game. Let's see what I've got here. Can I give my favorite one already, which I kind of already said? I just, before you guys actually get into the quotes, the improvisation that goes into these titles is fucking fantastic. The fact that as they're doing the mocap and they're able to just kind of spitball different lines from the scenes, just, you can feel it in the game that it's not canned, that it's not pre-contextualized emotion that's being just kind of rehearsed off a line, that it's actually something that's come up and created by that moment and the actors recreating it. Does Naughty Dog, they do mocap and voice recording together a lot of the times, right? Yeah, they do everything at the same time. Is that unique for Naughty Dog relatively? Or is that common practice? They were one of the main studios to kind of bring popularity to that sucker punch did it for the first time with infamous second son actually there's some other games that have done it since obviously but a lot of as far as capturing it do as that one, now call of duty for instance does that actually in advanced warfare they not only did mocap and voice together but they did likeness so actually the characters look exactly like the voice actors the main character looks like troy baker because he's troy baker he's troy baker hmm. kevin spacey so on and so yeah forth. exactly <laughs> But yeah, tell me some of the best quotes that you heard in game. Well. So some of the cool lines. There was one in the early thing where they find a generator and they need to follow the hose back to the camp. And so oh, it says yeah. that you always follow the hose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like yeah. Most females. of the quotes are related yeah, to <laughs> I thought he was some sexual innuendo. <laughs> There's one part where you're hanging on a thing. And the bad guy, who's the good guy in the beginning, is like, there's a guy above you. There's a guy above you. And you grab him, you toss him yeah. down. He's like, there's a guy yeah, below you. you. There's a guy below you. <laughs> I did like that. <laughs> there's a part where going up to the truck scene, Nate's driving the truck. And then he's like, okay, now you drive. She's like, well, why didn't you just let me drive in the first place? Well, I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's when they're about to get on the train? After the train. Uh, okay. Yes. Oh, yeah, when they're that crazy mountain truck scene. Where yeah, I love that thing. Yeah. I'm surprised that I thought that one was more epic than the train sequence. I, oh. I thought that was way more like video game typical, but still pretty yeah. good. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's, let's unpackage that one a little bit. I, I do. I have yeah. one more. One more that I have on my list here is... And I had to look this one up. I didn't even know what the hell he was talking about. I did a hand-to-hand takedown of a guy, and he just says, I just stomped a mud hole in your chest. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) I looked it up, and it's like, 
I found it on Urban Dictionary. It's basically to kick somebody's ass, and I'm not sure if that came out before or after yeah, this thing. Was, I was like, seriously, what? Anyway, I think that's like an old pro wrestling comment to make. Yeah, I think that is. I was gonna say I think I've, I've I have heard that for a long yeah. time. Yeah, I thought it was a movie quote actually that originally came from, but maybe not. Tonight would be the first time I've heard that one. I just stomped a mud hole in his chest. What the hell does that even mean? Gross. Yeah, that's Maybe? funny. I, Not sure. Possibly. I think one of my favorite ones is still from Sully. Man, I'm sweating like a hooker at a church. You brought a you hooker to church? church? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I just, I love... You just sound so judgmental of Nate. Like, yeah. What the hell is wrong with you? Of course, everybody should go to church. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, well, since like, you brought it up. The dialogue. No, yeah, I, I loved. Yeah, I love the dialogue. I said this, and I'll say it again with Uncharted Two. The voice acting in this game, it just it doesn't it doesn't sound fake or rehearsed or anything. It's just it's flawless. Even while they're going through it and talking and just traversing, it doesn't even, sound rehearsed to you. Not really. No. no. Like even like really? even when like there was one point in time when I was playing and you uh, sneak attack someone, like you break his neck and. Drake will oftentimes, or not often, but every now and then he'll be like, eh, that's your neck. And just like, it's, there's a lot of character in it, there's a lot of jokes, there's, it's, it just, they play off of each other very well. And just, it's, it's natural to me. Hmm. So I did think we wanted to talk to the truck scene versus the train scene. Right. For me, on the train, you're just kind of running forward, running forward, you're, you're definitely shooting people, but basically you're running forward trying to puzzle your way around figuring out how to run to the front of the train and yes that is pr- pretty cool there's a lot of they find a lot of different ways to make you do that but in the truck scene you are doing a similar thing where you're trying to get to the front of the caravan but you are killing other truck drivers you're jumping from truck to truck you're jumping across and front and all to the side kind of like we talked a little bit on the first one your path forward the way you're going forward doesn't even exist until you get to the spots where like the truck will come and swing up next to you and you'll jump over to the other one and all the, the while you're flying down or up the road mm. i thought that was far more epic scene than the train I mean, I can I can see where you come from with that. I will definitely say, like, it's just, that one seemed more, it seemed, yes, I guess more epic in the sense of you moving around and having to traverse that way more often, and that's kind of where I died, where I was, I would try to, like, go through it quickly and I'd jump too soon and fall off the side of the truck instead, whereas the train scene was epic enough that it was just fucking hard, and so I kept dying from that. I love the signals, um, ducking under them, jumping over them. There's a fun little platforming mechanic. True. For the truck scene, I think there's something about the player agency that Will kind of lightly touched on there where you do have some choice in how you are proceeding through it. I mean, obviously, you're kind of forced to jump between certain trucks, but it doesn't even feel like when that moment starts out, that's not typically something that you've had a lot of control over before Uncharted 2 either. So it was something that, I think there's something special to be said about the realization that all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I can jump to the other truck while this one blows up and goes careening off the cliff as well. Part of it was I always like shooting the driver and then the whole the truck veers off the side of the road and then i'm like well what if i accidentally shot the driver of the truck that i'm supposed to jump on next that just seemed (laughs) wild right 
that sense of agency that you were talking about, I think it really is, it kind of gets taken away once you die once. When you realize, oh, this is the truck that I have to jump on. Right. This is the specific yeah. path that I need to go through. The first time you do that and you feel like you're just jumping on the next thing and running along and, oh, my God, this truck swerved in and I'm just going to jump on it. Uh, it felt great the first time I was doing it. <laughs> it's one of those things where if you do die once, it breaks the scene. So they have to balance how much they're going to handhold you through that to give you some options there. But if it's something where you could actually proceed through and you don't have that fail state, man, that leaves a lasting impression versus if you do die just once because then it breaks it, right? Yeah. Can we talk about the music? I was just yeah, we absolutely say, yeah. can. It was composed by Greg Edmondson, who is not famous for a lot of other particularly successful things, with the exception of Firefly. Boosh. I think it's... I would describe it as kind of more in the movie score vein. Definitely like a cinematic orchestral type soundtrack. Yeah. You do the first one as well? Yes, and the third one. It's very good. Those are the only video games I know that he scored as well. Yeah. We've probably talked about my music preferences, and usually movie scores are not my favorite. This one is very obviously very well done. I think that the extra credits channel about why did video game music used to be so much better raises a really interesting point. And I think this the theme for Uncharted is an excellent case study of what he basically says, which is that a lot of people will remember old video game music much better than modern mu video game music because with a more limited 8 and then 16-bit sound palette, you didn't have a lot of channels to play around with. So you were kind of forced to innovate in a melody sense. So basically old games were had to have a melody, otherwise it wasn't really very interesting music. And as music became Redbook Audio in the 90s on PC and later full sound sets became available, a lot of people took up orchestral and music scoring where the it became more about kind of an ambiance of an orchestra playing. And when you have that kind of all those tracks available, you don't really need to make the same priority on melody. And one of the great things about the Uncharted theme is that it has a great melody and then you know da 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 like it's very it's very iconic and recognizable and i think that's one of the reasons that the score will last for so long in our memories because it's like there's just a very pure melody there touch on the theme and the melody within that and that's something that's lasted with me like the second i hear the beginning of it it's almost like hearing and touch on the film where you hear the beginning few notes of indiana jones or star wars or some of the other stuff that was music that's iconic to me when i was growing up and now this score sits right alongside that and it sits on my ipod like i'll listen to to just the music while reading or something of that nature you're weird and it just kind of has that own that own definition of itself. Yeah. One of the things that I do like about this score is that in the case of film scores, John Williams was considered a, a massive pioneer in the, in the field of film scores because yeah. he invented the idea of a theme and a refrain. And he came up with the idea of 
we're going to use this theme and we're going to echo this theme throughout almost all the other pieces of music that are in this score. And that's one of the reasons I, that's one of the things I dislike about movie scores the most is to me, that one melody gets very boring very quickly. It's like if, when I watched the star Wars movies, I was just bored to death of the theme. You just hear it over and over and over. And I like the theme a lot, but I don't like hearing it in every scene. And that's one of the reasons that, for me, film scores are not my favorite. And John Williams is like, he is the figurehead of that whole movement. I can point to him and be like, it's your fault. But one of the things I thought that's really cool about this is there is a little bit of that going on. You hear the Uncharted theme kind of in some of the other songs, but it's not always there. There's something that ties each of the songs in the soundtrack together as recognizably the Uncharted score, but it's not always with the same melody. And I think that that's really cool and good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and just obviously ignore the hurt that you just that you just gave my heart but i will say that this score for uncharted 2 won five of eight award nominations that it was given i should say yeah it won a lot of awards which is pretty awesome and so did edmondson i think this is far more tricky and intricate than you give it credit for your thesis that as long as it has a melody then it's going to be awesome there is something catchy about like last of us which has the guitar which well gustavo was it's random enough that you kind of from the tone of the guitar you get that same level of familiarity but it's not the same level of repetition which can be particularly grating something that you see in a two-hour movie but that can be really bad in a 30-hour game if you're hearing it over and over and over again well it's funny you should bring up the last of us when i first played the last of us i wasn't really that big on it i didn't really get what the hype was about it wasn't until i downloaded the soundtrack and was listening to it on my own that i kind of was the soundtrack sort of exemplified the reason that game was so amazing to me and i think that you're definitely right the guitar sounds are like iconic and I think that's really cool. And I'm, like you said, I'm very glad that that was what made that score recognizable rather than a theme. So I agree with you. And I think that I didn't mean to imply that the only reason this game score is great is because the melody is there. It's also an awesome melody. Like the, it's he's clearly a talented composer. The theme isn't the only piece of music. I mean, it's right. the one piece that's the most recognizable. Yes. But there's tons of supplemental audio that's going on throughout the game that helps to either highlight or accentuate different scenes that are either dramatic or action-oriented throughout that i think to score something as you mentioned well that's this length of 12 to 16 hours and probably the uncharted vein you have to give a lot of credit to being able to create music that you can hear over and over and can adjust with the flow of the game that you're going at too absolutely i think this is a great score it's very good can you give any other examples of things other than the theme you mean, can I hum any of the other songs? Uh, that would be ideal, or tell me when I experienced it, or anything like that. I don't think there was, like... Are you, do you mean, like, a recurring, like, this is the action theme you heard every time there's something dramatic going on? Because I think each of the songs is scored specifically for a specific part of the game. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember the music ever taking over, ever being front and center. There was definitely, I, would, I think that's good. Yeah. The, okay, yes, I but... think it only does when it's at the menu. I don't remember it offhand right now. I do remember that part of what made the doors opening to Shambhala so big for me is actually also the music that came along with it. That was, if it was just the doors opening with the sound effect of that and then like you seeing it, sure it would have looked really pretty, but there was something about the music being there too that I was, oh crap. 
this is gorgeous but i listen to music soundtracks all the time i love music soundtracks or i should say scores i love movie scores I was going to say, I was even thinking about even, like, early on in the game as you're just kind of exploring some of the jungle tombs and stuff like that. You just hear, like, the creaky kind of sounds kind of coming in through the background mm-hmm. or just very low, just kind of I know, to, I know what I'm... To set the mood. Sorry, go ahead, Nate. When you're in the Himalayas, you hear the... Whatever that instrument is that's, like, iconically Himalayan. The moose hole. Oh! The, um... Whatever that is, it's just awesome. The Vulvazela or whatever the hell it's called? No, it's not Vulvazela. It sounds kind of like a didgeridoo, but it's not. Uh, somebody's... Oh. You know I what I mean? About. Those sounds are cool. And then, like, the... This is also very true of Far Cry 4's soundtrack by uh, Clifford Gee. Martinez, I think. Oh. I could be wrong about that. But the soundtrack there is very good, too. It uses a lot of the sort of the ethnic instruments that are local to the area. And I just... I love... I don't know. It's probably just because of Uncharted 2, like, the music in the background and kind of that... The local vibe to it. But it's really cool. And that's one of the things that Uncharted 2 score does a little cooler than Uncharted 1, in my opinion. It has, like, a like a local musicology influence to draw upon. And I think that in Uncharted 2's case, that's more cool and iconic than even the theme is. But I agree with Craig. When I hear that theme, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going on an adventure. Agreed. I just... I wish that I remembered more of the music than the start menu. When, do you often remember music from video games? Not often. What's a game that you do remember the music of? Hotline Miami. Okay. Okay, uh, okay that's fair. That's very recent. Do you have one more in the in your pipeline? Uh, me, recently, course, the big epic one Mirror's score Edge. one is Halo. Oh. Okay. Fair. That's fair. Uh, which Halo? One. The but, first one? Yeah, do, is there other songs outside of the main Halo theme that you can think of? Cause it's, oh my god, yes. I run into the same issue. Ba-da-ba-boom. When you're going down with a ship at the beginning of Halo 1, the song is called On a Pale Horse. In the remastered version, it's called Behold a Pale Horse. That is an awesome song. We've reached the end of the game. The end boss. Brian, let's talk about uh, it. Zarvich. Let's talk about it. <laughs> as he positions his mic for optimal gripe optimal rage oh god yeah so this is, this i'm is right there with gripes you. 101 oh uh, man this was a defend uh, okay this, this was a really 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 good game that had a bad end in boss it was just to some of the boss you fight Lazarevich and as we've been stating before I think Nate kind of made mention of it he's got a hold of the the tree the resin of the resin tree of, of life yeah. yeah and that gives you like the superpower and longevity so it's he keeps like the fountain of youth all of a sudden that's yeah kind of yeah I thought so too but so he he dips into that and becomes like super he's like I am a god and then he does all he has all these like crazy powers where he can he's firing stuff at you creating earthquakes and you're jumping and you're just running around you're basically doing loops around the whole board until you got to the point where there was resin around him that you could blow up that and it was just repetitive after repetitive and i was just like oh end this the trees were causing the earthquakes, not him, though. Oh, well, either way. I mean, still, Whatever. it was just... It wasn't even that. It wasn't the trees. Like, there was just an earthquake going on. Like... No, the tree, you could see the branches going up, and as yeah, the branches Yeah, it wasn't just up. an earthquake going... I, I, whether it was him or the, sucking the, the resin out or the, just the tree itself. But either way, it was just ugh, doing, loop, doing loops around a square block of area. It, Is you that know, waiting for specific little well, it's almost a items to come event. up there yeah to, for you to shoot Except while he's there it's just, oh. right 
And then every time you die, like, so you did, like, you would continue on and you would kill him. And then even even when you got past, there was one part where it ended up being, like, a little small cut scene where he's, like, you could, uh, you know, he, he got upset. And then he gets even, like, stronger. Like, if you die, you have to start all the way back in the beginning. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, That's I've true. already done this. I've done 50 laps around this thing. Points. Like, I was just, I was just like, this is not the way to end this game. I have, I have a question about that fight. And particularly it's because... Nate got into my head as I was playing it. Throughout the whole game, I was feeling like the guys were just bullet sponges, which is a com- another gripe of mine, which I completely forgot about. But Nate was like, oh, well, that's just because you're playing it on hard. And so I'm curious, was this fight fighting that guy just <laughs> tedious because... Was it was hard it because I was playing it on the hardest difficulty? Hard? Was it tedious because I was playing it on hard? I don't know. I jumped to hard right away. That's what I always do. I jumped yeah, to hard I, and, I play, and then crushing afterwards. I played this on hard and crushing. I didn't but... play it on normal. I don't know if it was any easier, but that was not my gripe was that it was super hard. I mean, it's the end boss. It should have some difficulty to it, no matter what difficulty level you're on. But it was just the tediousness of me having to... Like, the first game was fine. It was... And that was more quick timey, like where you we were on the ship and you're you going to this barrier, to this barrier, to this barrier. But even that was better than this, where it was just... I'm, I'm basically running track and field. I'm running loops around, laps around the track. Now I'll disagree. I thought this, <laughs> this boss was better than the first. I was time. just about to say, <laughs> Will's not gonna like that. I, I, I did. So Brian, I mean, what's your ideal end to Uncharted Two look like? I mean, it was fine if you just fight him normally. I didn't feel that we had to run these laps like that. I liked it that you were shooting something other than him. Now, see, if you're shooting him, it would have been really obvious how many freaking bullets he was taking and yeah. how you, inhuman he was. You can shoot him, by the way. I mean, you can, but it doesn't do nearly no. as much as shooting the resin when he walks past it. Which isn't, you know, part of why I wonder if I had just played this on normal or easy. I mean, hit him I, with a couple of grenades, and that'd be the end of the game. I don't. So I, I think that yes, you can shoot him, and it makes it easy. I don't think that it's that easy because. One thing that I was noticing with this is, so we were talking earlier about when you start fighting the guard, like you've fought all the people throughout the game beforehand and they're all, you know, some of them can be maybe a little bit more difficult than you or not depending on the gun they have. And you meet the guardians and they're like level 10 compared to everyone else. They're a lot harder. And then Lazarevich, he's even tougher than the guardians. Just a regular, like one guardian or two. (laughs) Yeah. But that's fine. He's super saiyan. He's the end boss. He should be the toughest. Yeah. That's not my gripe about the whole thing is that he just does eat some of the sap or whatever, right? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. he takes the resin like Nate was saying, which is fine. It's just my thing is that I want to do something. I, I don't want to just run laps and wait for the re- for him to appear where there's resin barrels and me shoot those. But that if, just if you fought him normal, not, not a boss fight. Just... I'd be disappointed if you fought him normally. Exactly. Like, well, also, like if you fought him normally, that would mean picking up guns, shooting at him while he's shooting at you. It also would have no been mystic. weird. him down on top of the boat. Oh, it would have been wrong game. It would have been weird if you <laughs> shot him. If you shot him normally at the end of the game, it would have been like, why didn't I kill this motherfucker when as soon as we rolled into camp? That and. The, also plus this makes sense there's an environmental condition present for you to actually destroy him which i will say that the end quote was a little bit weird just given the fact of how many people you actually have killed Mm -hmm. but even with that i still did like how the, the way that you finally get to when you finally finish shooting a bunch of these resin things and getting him down to less than 9,000, he's sitting there and he basically was like telling you to shoot him and like you've got a gun pointed at him and you put the gun down and he's like you see you don't have the will maybe not but they do 
and then a bunch of guardians just show up and start pounding him. Yeah, I thought that was okay. very. I thought that was I very thought, tacky. Like that was. So, I actually. I really that liked was it. So movie. I'm like, I've seen that, that in a million funny. movies where it's like, okay, I've killed everybody, so you think I'm going to kill you? But no, I'm going to put my gun down because I'm better than you. Uh, I just felt like copied from so many other. <laughs> I've got several questions here. Not that I found it was bad, but it just. It wasn't like, oh my god, it was so great that they came up with this. It was just like, okay, you re- you redid what others have already done. It's fine. Two thoughts, real quick. I think there's the benefit of history here when you can see where Naughty Dog has gone as a studio from this type of boss fight to their later titles. But would it have been better just to not have a boss fight? Does every game need a boss fight? There's a bigger discussion to be had there, but could he have just had the tree of life or whatever they were calling it, and Nate does something to blow it up and it takes out Lazarevich and that just kind of that ends it. I would have been I would be fine without a boss fight. I mean, uh, okay, here's some questions. He drank the fountain of youth, the resin. Why didn't he turn blue? From my understanding of it, is the guardians fed on it all the time and so that's why like they yeah i think it was, a, it, it was like, like long-term usage right and so he why was, it was the guardians have been stronger then well they were i mean they were pretty strong I mean, they weren't stronger, stronger than lazarovich who had well it i think lazarovich is supposed to He's be like already exposed to it oh they do say that in the story don't they oh yeah yeah, that's right yeah yeah okay well, there is something about that i do remember now if yeah. lazarovich drank from the tree of life why do the guardians still hate him because he's Russian. <laughs> well, from what I understood, it, it was supposed to be that <laughs> they were trying to prevent anybody else, outsiders, from right. using it. And I mean, was, once he drinks it, isn't he one of them? Well, I no, because still they know he's, he's outside like and they, he don't want, like they don't want just people randomly coming in and starting drinking from it. I don't understand why he doesn't look like them also. <laughs> It's I not, think it's, it's a long-term term usage He's thing. not the Hulk. Does it immediately... His oh, face immediately changes. What are you talking about? I feel the need to... He does start to change. Angry. I, I'm guessing it's... All his scars go away. That's just healing. That's not him... He looks less angry, if anything. Done. What else you yeah. The menu was pretty. Yeah. Oh, I really like the unlockables and the cheats. Yeah. The flip world thing. Just like the first one. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I actually also really... I remember this when I played this game for the first time i had also looked up on youtube because i wanted to show my dad i went over one day or one weekend to go have dinner with them and there was something about this game that just struck me so much and that i loved so much about the last bridge scene where you're like right after you defeat lazarovich and you're running away there was something about running into the camera. Ch- <laughs> I was gonna he say, just loved it. Yeah. It's like another, one day I'm another... on a podcast about this. <laughs> there was something about running <sighs> to beat that bridge from falling that I actually, I really, that actually felt more of like the ending for me than like the yeah. killing Lazarevich. Certainly. So I would agree. Yeah. If there was no boss fight, like that was that, that wasn't a saving fine. grace. Put it that way. <laughs> I, I would be like, oh wow, we could cut that and just go with the bridge. Yeah, running into the. Part I don't know why it. I'm grumpy about that scene. Is I got to the last section of that oh, bridge yeah. and was like, well, where the fuck am I supposed to go now? And just watched myself tip over. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> well, it's not my fault. If I had that just jumped blindly into nothingness, I would yeah. have gotten to the end of the bridge. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." That yeah, is I know they don't really give you like hints until you're just like, "Oh, well, let me just try jumping." I really love that scene when I was trying to show my dad something to depict this game. I was like, "Just watch this really quick." That's what you picked. Yeah, out of all you could have picked, yeah. that's what you picked. Yeah, it was awesome. That would not have been my choice. Yeah, multiplayer. 
That was our last. So there are two trophies to get in the multiplayer, which are a bun- pain in the butt now. Multi-bath. Now that it came out ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. After an hour, I got them, so I'm not that upset about it. <sighs> For fuck's sake, you guys. So the multiplayer. Did Craig... else play them? Yeah, did anyone play it? I did. Enough to get my achievement. I well, played a little bit. One match to get a, the trophy. That, right? yep. you, you have to do so, <laughs> that is how much so I played it, yes. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, so let's preface it for our listeners that there's two different multiplayer modes. So there's the cooperative mode that has up to three people, <laughs> and then there's the competitive side, which has you know a bunch of different game types of you know standard deathmatch. I two. strictly played the competitive side. I did not play the co-op. I like the co-op side. I played it actually quite a bit at launch. Yeah, the co-op side was pretty good. The, the multiplayer, so this is the first like game in the, the series. Uncharted 1 did not have multiplayer. Competitive <laughs> side was max of ten players, two teams. Yeah. I had a crap ton of fun with it, actually. I, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, when it came out, because it didn't feel like everything else at the time, I guess, which helped. I mean, it's a third-person shooter. Plunder was uh, this great mode, which is pretty much capture the flag, but with a a big kind of heavy relic that you can pick up and you can throw it, so you can kind of throw it to the next guy in your team and throw it to the next guy in your team to get it back to your base. It's like Fat Princess. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Fat Princess style. Nice. And it was also interesting that you kind of picked character models based on heroes or villains from within the series as well so it wasn't just some generic red versus blue guy that is cool kind of a nice way to keep some continuity from the series regulars into it and but actually yeah i thought it was a surprisingly fun mode for what you would kind of expect especially at that time where everyone was like yeah let's just throw a multiplayer mode into a game because it needs to be in there and it's actually a more well thought out experience than i had anticipated and one that i sunk a lot more time into than I had ever thought I would have. I agree with that. I was quite surprised to play more than one match, but I played a bit and it was pretty fun. All right. I think that it just it doesn't hold up. There are so many other better ways to play multiplayer now. It might have been yeah, 10 years I mean, ago. But... It just seemed to yeah, me like they, I, I don't yeah. know, it did seem to me like they put this in because we need multiplayer. Yeah. It did seem to me that way. I don't think they did anything that was, or it was basically like they took, a lot of the same they played a lot at least when I was playing it it played a lot of like how you played single player you were just basically duck and cover and wait for somebody to pop up and then shoot them and kill them maybe if there was other modes I didn't get too much into it it was mostly just straight five on five deathmatch did you want it to be like completely different from the single player I don't know I mean I just didn't it's not the type of game where I cared about a multiplayer and it was didn't affect my enjoyment of the game I just didn't see it as like oh my god I'm gonna multiplayer was so fantastic oh my god they did something great it was just like they put in this multiplayer that they probably put in because things were going the multiplayer route sure i was just i was when i was thinking back now that i even think more about it's been years since i've played the multiplayer for uncharted 2 i do remember some of the experiences where you're just climbing around the levels which very uncharted like thing to do and all of a sudden you're you get yanked off the ledge or something by a enemy and it was those kind of moments that at least brought something to the table where that type of movement wasn't something that was around back in 2008 yeah let's go with uh our ratings nate i think uh i think will should be first all right actually why me okay because you're the one who we're all pleased and surprised to have be at the table without just being like rock textures <laughs> wait are, are we oh, taking a eyeballs. guess of what he's gonna score oh absolutely sure. i think that's a great Ooh. plan i think he's Do gonna I need give to walk it... out again no no there's no need for drama i oh, think no. it's gonna give it an 8.5 
Well, now you know he's not going to pick that because he knows that you picked 8.5. Well, we're all going to pick different things, and it's a lesser of two 8. evils. 8.5 Lesser of four evils, I guess. Which one of you guys? Do you hate the least? <laughs> it's got to be Craig. I think you'd probably go with, with the usual Will 8. I actually agree with 8. 8.5 eight, was too generous. Oh, now you want change. Oh. <laughs> oh. Says Obama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now oh, you no, want yeah, well. change. <laughs> Craig, what do you think I'm going to rate this thing? Well, I've been thinking about this the whole podcast. Remember, the game crashed on him. <laughs> oh, yeah, it crashed once. It oh, what? <laughs> exactly. That was my thought, too. It crashed on me wow. three times, and I got stuck in the geometry once. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's way too high. 4.0. <laughs> Perfect game got stuck twice. I hate it. <laughs> None of those words have ever been spoken by anyone else that played this game. Boom. All of that said... I had a really great time. This thing worked far. The the cinematography, the actual direction, the putting the story together worked far better than the first one. Earlier, as we were talking about it, and I was getting hyped up, talking about the train scene and the truck scene, I was ready to give this thing a nine until Brian reminded me how bad that final scene was. <laughs> Feel it fading away, Craig. <laughs> That and, victory was in your hands. And in that context, it felt more like an 8.5 to me. Oh. Of course. So it would have been <laughs> Damn. Rad. I guessed an 8. I'm just going to sum up my thoughts on this game, which is this was everything that everybody said about this game in not just this podcast, but everywhere, which is that this game is really good. It's just got a good flow to it it's got good voice acting it's got good action yes there's parts that are cinematic there's parts that are movie like there's gripes here and there but for the most part it's just a fun enjoyable game and you'd be hard pressed to find many games where you could sit down just get lost in a game and just play it and enjoy it even times where you're doing repetitive things even the end boss it's still you may have little gripes here and there but you never lose the total enjoyment you have out of this game and it just makes you really excited for uncharted 4 you just know that the way they've they've taken this series and you know uncharted 3 is pretty much up from what people say it's a lot of the same goodness and shows you the power that naughty dog has when it comes to these games they just have that magic you know mojo going best thing you could say about a developer is that they have what it takes to put a game out that people will enjoy back in 2010 uh, after i'd beaten this game probably twice i uh, had a friend that i was living with at the time whose family was very very catholic and the mom and dad didn't let the kids play basically any video games they played some rts's because the dad liked rts's and that was sort of the extent there bible blaster no <laughs> no they weren't that kind of religious yeah for this, uh, for simpsons reference that's funny this roommate of mine saw me playing the game and came to like it so much that and she suggested something that i thought was kind of odd which was to take it over to their parents house it was a saturday afternoon and i took over my ps3 and the game and a controller and we had each member of the family kind of trade off playing it including the mom and the dad we sat around all day and played it and I think I spent the night and we finished it off on Sunday. They both agreed that even though the violence violence in video games is one of the things they were the most concerned about with their kids, some of whom were in their early teens at the time, that this was a game that very significantly helped to change their opinion of video games and to re- help them realize that there is a more intelligent 
basically that they'd become more than the Mario Karts and the Unreal Tournaments. And I remember that experience very fondly, and it was really cool being able to share that experience of a game that I, by that point, already remembered very nostalgically and passionately. Being able to share it with someone who was basically new to the medium of video games and having it be a game that was so good that it worked as an introduction, as well as something that I, with a little bit more knowledge and appreciation, experienced. And that was one of the things that made me realize what a good game this really was. Gripes about the boss fight or not. So in conclusion, this is an incredible game. 7 out of 10. Alberto, what do you think? (laughs) This game is been and has forever been and continues to be one of my favorite games i've ever played i of course like yeah like this game i did play it during a very hard time in my life and i think even despite that if i had played it without all that stuff this is something that i've always been someone that if i can get immersed into a game i like it more than if it's just feels robotic um, I think we can all agree with that. We're on board. What I said before, the voice acting in this, it just seemed so real. It seemed just something that I could very much relate to. I had a lot of fun playing it. The music was great. The scenery was awesome. Even the interactions with some of the more non-main characters. So, for instance, like the townspeople of that of uh, after you've gone through the cave and or i think maybe before the himalayan town yeah himalayan town and pre and post when the tanks and everyone starts showing up and them kind of fighting with you that brought a whole other aspect to the game for me as well and that was really cool judge me all you want if you want 10 out of 10 that seems i believe you fair this time (laughs) 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 craig you're last when I think back to Uncharted 2, it was the marriage of a lot of different ideas of what I wanted out of a experience, as well as a combination of reaching into that nostalgic past of some of the experiences and joy that I experienced in childhood. It was a marriage that I didn't really expect to be possible within the medium until we reached a, a certain point probably into the PS3 generation and we started to realize what it could be capable of as far as a storytelling medium. It went into what would be possible from an action-oriented just adventure that you get to go on and you get to experience with the characters that you would want to experience that with. And it was something that there was just an unabashed amount of just joy that you can just feel pulsing through the game. There's a heart to it as well that you don't see very often. I think that's something that makes it really special when you get out of it from the characters to the writing to the graphics, the sound, just the the marriage of how all of those properties come together. It creates a package that's quite unlike anything that was before it. This brings us to the end of another awesome episode of the Emotive Pixels podcast. If you want more from us, you can find us on iTunes and at our webpage, www.emotivepixelspodcast.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash emotivepixels, or follow us on Twitter at emotivepixels. And as always, keep Keep on playing. playing!